Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Let's go to the word of the Lord in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3. The Bible says, And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, After our theme for 2019, Take Massive Action. Say, take massive action. Pray with me. God, thank you for taking massive action for us. Thank you for dying on the cross for us so that we could have life. Thank you for giving us your spirit to guide us into all truth. Lord, I pray you be our teacher now from your word by your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would show us the things that you would have us to see, God. Lord, I pray you'd save the lost, encourage the backslider. God, guide us to a closer, more intimate relationship with you is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Take massive action. Every year I pray and I ask God to give me a theme for the upcoming year. I, I, I lock down in December and I pray through that. And this year, God put in my spirit to, to harp on constantly the need for us to take massive action action. If you want to see change in your life, it's not going to happen by itself. If you want something to get better, you got to do something to make it better. If you want to listen, and it's I don't believe we have enough time left in life to just keep taking baby steps all the time. I believe we need to springboard into a new season. I believe we need to launch forward by taking some massive action so we we can get to where God wants us to be. I'm excited for what God is doing with our church. I was looking at some real estate in the local area, and some of y'all that were here when we came here, what, four years? Four and a half years ago? Four and a half years ago when we came here, uh, some of y'all were here, and some of, I talked to some of y'all about the local real estate, and I, I man, I, I was not obedient. God put it in my spirit to do it. I got busy doing other things, and I did not do what I should have done then. There were houses all over this neighborhood. Elder Jimmy and I talked about it. There were houses all over this neighborhood for in the 30s, 40s, and $50,000 range four and a half years ago. And I, I shared with a couple people, we ought to buy some of these houses, sit on them for a couple of years, let, let the church breathe life into this community, and watch the property values rise all over this community. And I got busy doing other stuff, and I didn't do it. The house right across the street from the church is for sale right now, and it, it is just tore up, wore out, just through shot out. I mean, it built in the 40s, and it, it's in bad shape. It's probably in worse shape any home in the neighborhood. Here's the crazy thing. If you go on Zillow, which their prices aren't always accurate, but they estimate that home's value at $101,000. When I saw that, I'm like, these houses were just in the 40s a couple years ago. I looked every house that's for sale in this neighborhood and every estimate of every house in this neighborhood that's not in foreclosure 
or bankruptcy is right now valued at over $100,000 every house in this. You can't buy a house in this neighborhood anymore. Just think if we'd have bought a bunch of houses, Deacon West, for $35,000 four years ago, we'd have tripled our money. But the neighborhood is coming up. Values are coming up. Now, if you want to buy that $100,000 house for $60,000 and put forty in it to get $100,000, you might make a little money off that. But what I'm saying is good things are happening. God is blessing all over the world. People are having testimonies of what good things God is doing for them. And I wonder if you're part of that number. I wonder if God's doing anything good in your life. I wonder where you're at. But the good news is it doesn't matter where you are. God is ready to do something for you if you will let him. But you need to take massive action. Massive action. Listen, the Bible says that in the final days there would be an escalation of things. That things would just move at a more rapid pace. That knowledge would be multiplying. Listen. They all claim credit for who said it, but they all say basically the same thing. If you want to know what your future looks like, look at the five closest people you hang around. You're becoming who you hang around. You, 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 if you're the smartest person in your circle of friends, you need a smarter circle. If you're the sharpest person that you hang out with, you, you, you need to find some sharper people to hang out with. She was barking up the right tree. Listen, when you got a problem, you need to talk to the right person that can fix it. When, when you want a Whopper, don't go to Popeye's. And if you want fried chicken, don't go to Bojangles. <laughs> or churches. Or any other bogus non-Popeye's fried chicken. Let me keep moving. That's my plug. Popeye's. Fried chicken. Biscuit for real. If the biscuit is not soft and soaked in butter, hand it back and tell them you want a real, because that biscuit is worth arguing over. Let me keep going. You got to bark up the right tree. She got this problem. She, she went to the place where she could get it fixed. If you're having transmission problems in your car, you don't take it to the dentist. Like schedule a dental appointment. They sit you down and go to scraping on your teeth, and, and you tell them, I, I need trans. No, you're in the wrong spot. Go to someone who can fix your problem. I got good news for you. If you have a relationship with God or with someone who knows God, he can fix everything. I'm going to keep moving. We're going to get somewhere today. In, in verse 2, here's what Elisha said. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of oil, she replied. Now, there's a whole lot going on in here, and you can tell there's a lot going on by all of this punctuation. 
And I'm always going to remind you, when you read, pay attention to the punctuation. It'll perfect your comprehension. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. So he, he asked her this question, and, and then he asked her another question. See these two questions he asked. Number one, what do you want me to do for you? And number two, what do you have in your house? Now, she only answered the second question. She probably could have saved a whole lot of effort if she would have just answered the first question. Because if you study the life of Jesus, Jesus went around asking people, even in obvious situations, Jesus rolls up on a couple of blind guys screaming at him for help, and he says, what, what kind of help y'all want? Uh, uh, to, to not be blind? And he said, cool, you're not blind. And he gave them what they asked for. Well, he asked this woman, what do you want me to do for you? She don't answer. So he says, well, what do you have in your house and and she said that she had nothing look at it what can i do to help you elisha asked no answer tell me what do you have in your house and here's what she finally says nothing at all comma comma gives you cause to pause comma is a time to reflect on what was just said he asked her what do you have in your house what do you have that's yours that you can use to fix this problem. And she said, foolishly, nothing. And this is what most of us do this, this very day. If I were to ask you, what do you have that you can use to advance your life? What do you have that can help you get better spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially? What Most people downplay what they personally have and they expect somebody else to bring everything that they need. She said nothing at all, and then she said, except a flask of olive oil. Now, here's the deal. Let me ask you a question. See if you can think on your feet. She had a flask of olive oil. Why? I'll help you real quick. The Bible says that everything we have comes from the Lord. Okay? So why did she have a flask of olive oil? Who gave it to her? God gave her what she had, and the reason God gave her what he had is because God is a provider. See, he's not a part-time provider. We sing the song, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. God's name is God our provider, and that's not something that he steps in and out of. That's what he is all the time. There's always provision. Most of the time, people just look past it. Did you hear me? There's provision... But most people look past it. Most people have the provision that they need, but they look past it. In verse 3, Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. All right, now here's instruction. Say instruction. If you go to somebody that you think you're barking up the right tree to, and you tell them what their problem is, and they tell you what to go and do, just a random question. Should you do it? If you don't do it, you're a fool. If you don't do it, you are crippling your own sense of forward movement. You, if somebody tells you to do something that you've asked for the answer and they give you the answer, you ought to do it big. Say big. You ought to do it big. You ought to take massive action. Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. This is everybody. He didn't just say go to your family 
and your friends because we only have so much family and friends. He said, go to your neighbors. That's everybody you can find. He said, borrow as many empty jars as you can. So here, here's the question. Should she have borrowed a little or a lot? All right. Now, here's the wild thing. Some people just have low thinking. It's seen in the layout of our country. Do you know when this country was formed, all you had to do was fence off land, file the paperwork for it, and that land became yours? You had to improve it by putting a fence on it. So, you know, you know what Ben Cartwright did? He just fenced off the whole state and had the Ponderosa. And you know what other people thought? Well, I'm going to just fence off this tiny little bit over here by the creek, this one tree. I don't want to have to keep up with too much, and that's a lot to handle. Listen, get bigger thinking. We got a world that needs God. We need to get our thinking up. We need to get to dominating some big-time stuff so that people can see how huge God is. The man of God said, girl, go get as many empty jars as you can. So, see, there's work to be done on her part. Mm-hmm. Now, right here at this point, that's where counseling usually falls flat. Somebody comes, asks for a solution. Well, here's what you need to do. Oh, well, I thought you was going to do that for me. And I'm giving you the answer. I'm, I'm giving you the path. I'm giving you the process. I, I, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you the formula. And, 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 and you got to go out and do it. But she's got a chance to take massive action. In verse 4 it says, here's more instruction. It says, then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So he said, here's what, go get all the jars and then go in the house. Shut the door and get to pouring. So there's a collection time. There's a get out there and get it time, and then there's a go in the house and do it time. And he says, pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. Now, I don't care how big your flask is and how little your jar is. Eventually, your flask is going to run out if you put enough jars in front of it. Unless. This this, this, this is where church mothers say, but God. Hallelujah. But God, when, when God is involved in stuff, it don't always make sense. When God is involved in stuff, there, there can be increase that you didn't even think was going to happen. He said, look, I know you got one little bottle of oil, but you get all the jars you can get, and you just pour it and fill it up and pour it and fill it up and pour it and fill it up. I was talking to Dina uh, last week or so about all these clothes and how these clothes keep showing up. And she said it reminded her of this story in the Bible. And God put that in my spirit to preach this message this week. It's like we just keep giving away clothes. And uh, 30, where did we come up with 31,000 articles of clothing in the last 12 months? Listen, we're going to need another 31,000. But here's the reality. I believe this. As long as we keep giving them out, God's going to keep filling it up. And we're going to give it out and God's going to fill it up. So he said, set them aside when it's full. Verse 5, so she did as she was told, period. That's the greatest sentence in the whole story. That, that, that is every father's dream sentence right there. Because the Bible says God is our heavenly father. I'm a father. I know what fathers want. Fathers want total obedience with no drama. Isn't that right, men? Amen. 
Yeah. Hey, moms want that total obedience with no, just do what I say. Yes, don't, don't argue, don't fuss. I, listen, I was one of those fussing children. I got beat a lot. I was one of those complaining. I had my stepfather tell me, boy, you work harder at getting out of work than it would take just to do the work. You sit there and complain about it, think about it, kick rocks about it. You could have gone ahead and got that done and then been out playing with your friends. Listen, she did as she was told. Man, I'm looking for some people in 2019 that will just do what they're told. Because as we do what we're told, we're going to get what we have coming to us. As we do what we're told, as we obey God, he promises blessing. She did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Now, it doesn't say seven-second praise break. It doesn't say uh, praise dance in the middle of this. But I just got to believe as those jars was filling up, there was some heel clicking going on. There was some woohoo going on. Bring me another jar. Why? Still pouring. How'd that old mama still? You know why? Because these boys were going to slavery. You think they wanted to go to slavery? You think a mother wanted to see her children become slaves? You think this creditor, you think she wanted to continue to be harassed by creditors after just burying her husband and being left with these two non-working shiftless boys? That's how I see it. Hey, at least they brought jars, amen? And she's filling one after another. You know why the plan is working? Because she's working it. The plan of God will always work if you work it. When I hear people tell me, oh, I tried tithe and it didn't work for me. I know you, 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 the plan works if you work it. I, it's like people saying, oh, I tried that going to the gym, eating less, exercising more, and that didn't work for me. Uh, you didn't work it. The plan will always work if you work it. So the plan is working because they're working it. In verse 6, it says, soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more. Uh, that, that's, that's, you know, clean English for we ain't got no more. There ain't none. We out, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. That, on the heels of the great sentence, so she did what she was told. This is the gut punch of the story. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. The olive oil wasn't slowing down as long as they were doing what they had been told to do. The olive oil wasn't slowing down as long as they were operating in obedience. The olive oil wasn't slowing down as long as, 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 as they were pouring into new jars. As long as they were pouring it out, it was still flowing. But when there were no more jars to pour it in, the olive oil stopped flowing. That's, there's a great message there for a different time. But figure out some of it as we go. Verse 7 says, when she told the man of God what happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on what is left over. Now, in the, the, the grammar tense in the Hebrew language, it says where you and your sons can live on, that's continuously. What, what, what's being said here, there's enough money in what they have to sell now, not only to pay their debts, keep them out of prison, keep them out of slavery, but for them to live out the rest of their life. Why? Because God is a faithful providing God, and he gives you what you need. But I want us to think about taking massive action. So I want to ask you the same question that Elisha asked the widow. Because everyone in here has a problem. 
everyone in here needs more of something. Now, hopefully, uh, you don't have the creditor coming after you. Maybe you do. There's ways, there's ways around that. Um, may, may, maybe you don't have the repo, man. Maybe you're not hiding your car in the garage or taking the battery out, as if that would work. Uh, but everybody has a problem because we're all alive and life is filled with problems. People, people on TV, listen, stop listening to these radio and TV preachers. They're lying to you. 99% of them are lying to you to get your money. And they are on the air to beg for money so they can stay on the air to beg for more money. And that's what's going on with, with the majority of those people. And, and they're, they're telling you, give this money and all your problems are going to go away. They claim to be representing this book where, where Jesus said, you'll always have trouble and you'll always have poor folk. But they're claiming they're going to solve everything by you sending them money. Listen, keep your money, buy a hamburger. Amen. And a milkshake. And you'll get a better return off that. Than what you got out of sending it to them. People get mad. I, I, I send my money to profit. Blah, 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 blah. Really? Well, when you get sick, if profit, blah, 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 going to help you. Just food for thought. Listen, I want to ask you the same question Elisha asked the widow. What do you have in your house? Now, maybe not just your house, but in your entirety, in your life. What, what do you have? What do you possess? What do you have uh, control of? What is it that God can use in you to bring about your own deliverance? And your own success. Because what people want is for someone else to bail them out of their problem. But I see here a truth where God shows this woman that she's got to put some skin in the game. And she's got what she needs to get out of her situation. Now, if I ask somebody, especially, listen, I don't know who the wealthiest person in this room is. Uh, everybody's hiding their money and not giving much of it. So that's <laughs> it's hard to tell. Uh, but... I, and I don't know who the poorest person in this room is. But if we, if we could identify the poorest person in this room and, and I asked them, what do you have that you can use? What, what do you currently possess that you could use to create success? They might have the same answer or even you might have the same answer as this widow had. Initially, your answer might be nothing. But I want you to think deeper. Look at somebody say, think deeper. Think deeper. You've got something. You've got something. She had something. She was a poor widow woman about to lose everything she had. She was busted, disgusted, and had nothing. She was, she was, bro she was broke down like four flat tires on a Jeep. Yeah, only the good thing a Jeep got going is its tires. <laughs> Listen, she was in trouble. But I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you have? She originally said nothing, and you might originally think nothing, but I want you to think deeper. You, you, because you do have something. So, some of you have compassion. So, some of you have a good sense of humor. Uh, so, 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 some of you have to sit by somebody who thinks they have a good sense of humor. Amen? Amen? Uh, so, so, some... So. <laughs> Listen, Mr. C has, has taken the, 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 the personality that God gave him has learned and, and, and has found a way not only to make money out of it, but to make ministry out of it. You've got something that, that God can use to create your success. Um, 
You, you might be a good listener. You might have a strong work ethic. You might like kids or animals inside or outside work. You got to figure out what do you have that God can use. Because the scripture says little is much if God is in it. That little old lady had one tiny little jar of olive oil, which was worth money back then. Uh, but it wasn't much of it. But God took it and blessed it and gave her enough, set her up in an olive oil business and paid her debts off and put her in a position uh, to retire off what God did for her. I want you to know you got something. You need to find out what you have to offer and let the Lord use it, not only to bring about just your deliverance, but your success. She was just looking for deliverance. She didn't know she was going to get success. And the Bible says we have these stories for our examples, and God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wants to not only deliver you, but he wants to, the Bible says, prosper you and give you good success. You just got to find out what you have that the Lord can use. I, I want to say something. I want to preface it this way. I told y'all sometime over the fast I shared this. Uh, I got in trouble the first year we were at church <coughs> 17 years ago. Uh, I stood up and I told people, stop working a job you hate. Go quit that job and find something that you can do for the glory of God. And I had a man call me to, that week cussing me out, uh, threatening, threatening to uh, do, do massive bodily harm because his wife quit her job on Monday morning. And told him, the pastor said quit. He called me on the phone and said, what kind of fool tells somebody to quit a job when they don't have another job to go to? I said, that's a good point, sir. I'm going to remember to say that next time. So this is next time. Line you up your next one, but be working toward quitting that job you hate. I do not want you to work a job you hate. I do not want you. Listen, now I ain't into these millennials. These millennials are nut jobs, and that's why they're never going to have anything. Uh, pray for them. Maybe some of them will be exceptions. But these millennials have said in surveys what they expect out of their employer is for their employer to value them, to listen to their opinions and advice. Let me tell you something, Mrs. You just got hired yesterday. The CEO don't care what you think, okay? They, they, they want purpose and passion and, and a sense of, 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 of um, value from their employer. Listen, here's what you should get from your employer. A check. Get your purpose, passion, and sense of value from your relationships with people that you love, that love you. Find a hobby that you can get into. Get into the Lord. But listen, stop working a job that you hate. Get them one before you quit one. Amen. Replace the one, get something lined up. But you, you need to start going out. Some of you are going to get trapped in a job that you hate, and you're going to get to the end of your life realizing, I always wanted to be something else. I always wanted to do something else. Some of you have had dreams of, of writing a book, starting a business. Some of you have had dreams of, of, of doing whatever. Listen, start working towards that. Don't settle for less than God's best for your life. Find something that you have that God can use for your deliverance and success and start using what you have. Hear me when I say this. It's more than you think it is. What you have is more 
than you think it is. Even just your ability to love the Lord is more than you think it is. Your ability to pray for people is more than you think it is. The love that God has for you and his desire to bless you is more than you think it is. Let's, let's think about this, though. What did her deliverance cost her? I'm going to jump to the punchline and tell you. It cost her the same thing it's going to cost us. <clears throat> and that's why we had this story for our example. If you want to have success, it, listen, because we're looking for success in 2019. Success on every area of life. I've talked to you about the realms of life that we live on. We live on a, we, we live on a spiritual level. We live on a physical level. We live on a financial level. We live on an emotional level. And we live on a relational level. And I want you to have success in your relationships. I want you to have success in your emotions. I want you to have success in your finances. I want you to have success in your health. And I want you to have success in your spiritual life. But there's a cost to it. Say cost. So let's look at the four things that it costs her. Number one, obedience. Say obedience. It, 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 the, the, the scripture says that she did what she was told to do. The man of God told her, go out and get you a bunch of pots. Go get you a bunch of cans, jars, vessels. And she went out and she did it. Now here's what most people do. They, they go and complain to somebody about a problem. Somebody gives them what, what could be a viable situation, and they sit on it. Listen, put some feet to your prayers. You want a better job, you're not even looking at the want ads. You want a better job, you're not even checking the job boards. You, you, you want a better career, you, you, you want to get a degree, you're not even looking into what schools you can go to. You want to start a business? You're not talking to anybody who knows anything about business. You want to start investing money, but you're not dealing with people who invest money? Listen, you got to put some feet to your prayers. Get to doing something. She did what she was told to do. It was all about obedience. Some people just want to sit and pray and sing hallelujah and listen to Christian music all day long. Those are all good things, but I want to tell you something. The Bible says in, in the book of the month that we just read, to obey is better than sacrifice. Yeah. Obedience will get you further than, than all the sacrifices that you can bring to God. You got to do what the word says. Not only that, you got to do what the man of God tells you to do. Now, this is a message that I'll typically preach in a different church than the one that I pastor because I'm not trying to raise up anybody to follow me. I told y'all from day one, I'm in my process just like you're in your process. And nothing special about me. I'm, I'm, I'm dysfunctional in many ways. I come from a broken home. I got my own issues. I've never tried to put myself on a pedestal. Anybody ever put me on a pedestal was doing wrong. But there is a spiritual principle. The Bible says that God gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to help grow us, mature us, and bless us. And there is a spiritual principle of obeying the plan of God and the man of God. Listen to what the Bible says in, in 2 Chronicles 20, 20. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe in his prophets, so shall you prosper. Okay? Now, how do we get to heaven? By, by believing the right stuff or by working hard for it? Believing the right stuff. The Bible says, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. You believe what God says, and you get established in heaven forever. But you still got to live in this life. So the second half of that verse says, believe in his prophets, so shall you prosper. So your salvation is based 
on your ability to do what God tells you to do. Your prosperity is based on your ability to do what God's prophet tells you to do. Now, who's God's prophet? The person who speaks to you on God's behalf. Some of you don't want a pastor. Some of you don't want somebody to speak to you on God's behalf. But you want somebody to come pray for you when somebody in your family's dying. That doesn't make any sense at all. So, 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 some of you don't want to listen to what God speaks through his prophets. And the scripture says he'll do nothing first but that he reveal it to his prophets. Okay? Now, I typically preach this in somebody else's church, and this is what I tell everybody. So take it for however you want to take it. I tell them you need to start listening to your man or woman of God. You need to start doing what they tell you as it lines up with the word of God so that you can walk in success. Because your salvation is linked to believing in God. Your success and prosperity is linked to believing and uh, to obeying and believing what the people that speak to you for God tell you what to do. Some of you get told what to do and then you want to sit around and think about it. I'm going to tell you something. That is not a plan of action. That's a plan of inaction. That's not a plan for success. That's a plan for failure. Find somebody that you believe has the ear of the learned so they can have the tongue of the learned. Find somebody that you believe understands this book and has the Spirit of God in them that can make this book plain for you. As Ezra stood up before the people read the scripture and caused it to make sense. Find somebody who can read this scripture and cause it to make sense to you. And then say, as much as he says, tells me what to do, that lines up with that scripture, I'm going to do it. And you will have prosperity. You will have success. This is what the scripture declares. Now, I don't say that much in our church because I know pastors who beat that verse to death and abuse it. And, you know, pastors with 12 members and six armor bearers. 12-member church, three people washing the pastor's car. Nobody wa- You can look at my car and tell nobody washes it, okay? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, we're not trying to get that going on, but I want to tell you, when the person who you view as your spiritual leader tells you what to do, as much as it lines up with the Scripture, the Bible says if you do that, you will have success. Believe in the Lord your God so you prosper. Believe in his prophets. Uh, so shall you be established, believe in his prophet, so shall you prosper. There is an obedience factor that has to come into play. And I know people don't like this. Here's what people want. People want, Pastor, can you just pray for me? Slide me with some oil, bounce me off the floor, let somebody catch me, throw a sheet over me, and me get up and all my problems be fixed. That's what people want. That's what people, Pastor, just wave your hand, just blow on us and let us all faint out, fall out in the Holy Ghost, and we all wake up with all our bills paid. Okay, that, that is nothing seen in the Bible. That's modern-day hocus-pocus voodoo foolishness. That's nothing seen in the Bible. You know what's seen in the Bible? Obedience. This woman did what she was told to do, and it launched her into prosperity. Not only did it take obedience, second thing it took, it took time. Say time. She had to take time to gather the empty vessels. Now, here's the deal. If and, and I get it, because I probably would have been right there with you and with her. If you go to somebody and like, hey, man, <laughs> these people come to throw my kids, uh, let's, let's say jail, because we got more jail than we got slavery. Uh, it, it, they, they're coming to take my kids. Um, I, I, I need you to pay this bill off for me. And if he said, here's what you do. Go to all your friends and neighbors and gather a bunch of pots and pans. What, what, what's probably thinking in her mind? Man, I got time for all that. I just told you they come to get my children. Are you for real? I, I, 
help me. Oh, oh, you want me to do all the work? Here, newsflash, yes. Invest in your own deliverance. Invest in your own success. Quit sitting back thinking, listen, and, and, and here's the fool's game. Here's the, here's the fool's game, thinking that people who are successful were lucky. Listen, people who are successful more times than not work really hard. They put a lot of skin in the game. Oh, well, my cousin just falls into it left, right, and sideways. He's just lucky. I, that, that's why people say stuff like um, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Uh, you, you be prepared for what's coming your way. You, 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 you make some of your own luck, but you got, you got to be willing to put the time in. I know what she was probably thinking. She was probably thinking, I ain't got time to be doing all that. I need a quick fix, and that's the world we live in. I, just write me a check. Why, why, why you can't write me a check? Uh, why can't you go do what you were told? Oh, well, because that takes obedience, because that takes time, and we want instant gratification. We, we, we want to have it all, and we want it now. Listen, it takes time. Say time. God is a God of timing and seasons. The Bible says there's seed time and harvest. There, there's a time to plant, and there's a time to harvest. It's just not always harvest time. It's just not always, always reaping time. Sometimes it's hard work time, and, and then you got to give it time. Uh, God's kingdom is about timing, and I want you to know, he knows when the time is right. He said in Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a purpose for every season. So here's what I want you to understand. Whatever season you're in right now is where you're supposed to be. Amen. Well, I just, I, I just, I'm ready to get out of my season. No, dominate your season. Embrace your season. Work through your season. Obey in your season. Prosper in your season. Let God deal with you. you, you you're in that season for a reason. And you're going to keep getting back into it. Listen, this, this is the most discouraging thing I've ever learned about God. I've shared it with you before. I'll share it again. He keeps giving retests. I hate that. I hate that. It's like if, you know, if, if you're taking some trigonometry class and you know you slept through all the, the teaching and notes and you don't know what's going on, you take that test and, 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 you, and you get like a 57F, you're like, that ain't bad. That 57 will average in with them other grades. I'm still going to pass this class. But, but then the teacher's like, you're a good student. I'm going to let you take this test again. I'm, ah, I'm going to keep my 57. Uh, rather, I average that 57 in with, this 60, with them 68s, then average in a 30. And, but they say, no, I, I, I'm going to be a nice teacher, and I'm going to let you take this test again. You're liable to fail it worse the second time than you failed it the first time unless something changes. And see, I thank God for a teacher who just take that F, give me my lumps, let me keep rolling. I'll try better and stay awake next week. But God's not that way. God, in his grace and his love and his mercy, will let you keep, will make you keep taking that retest over and over and over and over again. And some of y'all trying to get out of the season that you're in, but you keep failing the same test and God's going to keep sending it to you over and over and over again. So you got to decide, all right, well, I, I'm just going to start obeying then. I'm going to put in the time that's required to, to get to where I need to go. The third thing she had to do that we have to do is faith. It required obedience. It required time. It requires faith. Listen, how do I know she had faith? Because she went out and did it. He, this man told her, what you got in your house? Nothing. What? Well, uh, I got one little jar of olive oil, 
All right, go get a bunch of pots and pans and cans and vessels. If she didn't believe that this was going to help, you really think she would have did it or you think she would have went and found some new man of God? That's, what my, that's how church shifting goes. That's, that's how people leave one church and go to another church. Because the man and woman of God will tell them the exact truth to do, and they're like, mm, nah, uh, they don't hear it from the Lord for me. I, I got to go over here. And they, 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 see, she wanted from him what lots of people want now. She just wanted a sugar daddy. She could I mean, she just wanted, hey, I'm coming to you, get my stuff. Let's say, hey. Well, he gave her a plan to work for her own deliverance. And success. And she had faith. I know she had faith that she wouldn't have went out there gathering up pots and pans. Yeah, yeah. She wouldn't have done what she was told to do if she didn't believe that it was going to work. And I want to remind you, the Bible says faith is what pleases God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to get God on your side? Start believing what he says. You want to know what the proof text is that you believe what he says? You do it. If you do what he says, it shows that you believe in what he says. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. What if God gave you everything right now that you were believing him for? Would you have anything more than you came in the room with? See, you ought to be believing God for some big stuff. Oh, I'm believing God for some big stuff right now in my life. I'm believing God for some massive stuff. Uh, and it, it, I, you need to as well. You need to be believing God for something, but you need to be occupying. You need to be doing the work. You need to be putting in the obedience. You need to be putting in the time. You need to be doing it with faith, knowing I'm doing this because I believe God is going to bless it. I'm doing this because I believe it's what God told me to do. The fourth thing that you got to do is work. Say work. work. That's a four-letter word, and a lot of people think it's a bad word. Work was given to Adam to do before sin came into the world. Work is not a result of man falling from grace. Work is a blessing. Work is something that God allows us to do so that he can increase us, cause us to bloom, flourish, and prosper. She had to put in obedience. She had to put in time. She had to put in faith. She had to put in work. She had work to do. Listen, I told you, put some feet to your prayers. Do the work. Do the work. I, I, I try to make it simple for, for people who come to Abundant Life by giving you a book of the month to read. Our book of the month this month is 2 Samuel. It's not going to take you long to read 2 Samuel. You read a little bit of it every day. You'll get through that a couple times this month. I try to make it easy for people who come here. Read the proverb of the day. Today is February the 3rd. What proverb should we read? The, th the third proverb. It's easy. Whatever day of the month it is, read the corresponding proverb of the day. Start your morning with that proverb. Listen, this will change your life. Start your morning, every morning, reading the proverb of the day. It will take you between three and five minutes at the most but it'll give you some good things to think about all day long. Yeah. It, and as you get into the Word of God, the Word of God will get into you, and God will begin to shape you and, and, and change you, but you got to put the work in. Now listen, it'd be great if money just rained down from the sky. Amen. Wouldn't it? See, this is my proof text for all these liars on TV that are going to call those things that be not as, they, as though they are. Well, then why don't you call all the lint on your carpet money and quit asking me for it? You know, if, if that really works, if, 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 that, if that level of theology really works for you, wh where, where would you ever have any need and where would you ever have to trust God for? If all you got to do is just speak it into existence, well, just speak your bills paid. I, I, I just don't understand these people. I, I, I told you all about it one time. The pastor was riding with me in my navigator, sneeze snot all over my windshield. I said, hey, man, you're get, you getting sick. He looked at me and said, loose here, devil. 
I, re- I bind that in Jesus' name. I reject that. I cast that down. I send that back to the depths of hell from whence it came. I curse that at the root. He said, my God told me that none of these diseases would come nigh unto me and that I would walk in perfect health. I said, well, do me a favor then. Next time you sneeze, put your hand in front of all that snot because I don't want it on my windshield. Acting like you ain't got nothing going on. If, if, if that worked, then work it. But listen, if the plan's not working and you know you're working it, there's something wrong with the plan. But God's plan always works. But it takes effort. Say effort. Money doesn't just fall out of the sky. He didn't just write her a check. He gave her a plan that would require obedience, time, faith, and work. Put that on the screen for me. These four things I want you to get in your mind. Obedience with time and faith plus work will get you not only delivered but success. Take any one of those out of the process and you short-circuit the thing. And it's not going to happen for you. But if you will walk in obedience for a length of time while operating in faith and doing the work, you will have deliverance and you will have success. You got a problem in your life? You need God to fix it? You need some more of something? You want some increase? You want something to get better? Then you need to walk in obedience for an amount of time while operating in faith and doing the work. And here's what most people are thinking. I ain't got time for all that. Well, then listen. Stay broke. Stay undelivered. Stay depressed. Stay sick. Stay, stay your family a mess. Stay broken in all the areas that you're broken. Or believe in the Lord your God so shall you be established. And believe in his prophets so that you can prosper and understand that obedience with time, faith, and work will get you the same thing it got her. Not only will it get you what you need, it will get you more than you need. Think think about these four things with me and I'm done. Number one, she didn't just get enough, she got excess. Say excess. excess. See, our God's a God of more than enough. The Bible says that if you ever really got right with God in your tithes and offerings, he'd open heaven up over you and, and, and pour out blessings so big on you that you can't receive it. Now, now how, how awesome would that be? How awesome would that be if somebody just came up to, to the church with, with just, you know, just, just buckets of money. And like and the bank said, they can't take no more of my money. I'm over my limit. I've invested everywhere I can. I just, I, I, I've got too much. Listen, uh, I, I think it was Jeff that said yesterday, be careful what you pray for. Uh, well, we, we were praying for boxes. Uh, we, we got boxes lined up in hallways and rooms right now. I mean, God poured out so much on us, we couldn't even receive it. We had, we had to stack boxes in multiple buildings. We're moving them from place to place to try to use. Uh, we, we needed boxes, and we just had boxes just start showing up, people bringing truckloads of boxes, already pre-made boxes. We didn't even have to make them. Why? Because our God is not a God of just enough. Our God is a God of excess. Some people think that, you know, that the Christian life is just supposed to be broke and that money is the root of all evil. Money's not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. 
Money is just a tool, a tool that should be used for God's glory. Money, money, it's okay to have money as long as money don't have you. It's okay to have stuff as long as you're using everything you have for God's glory. You start getting stuff that you don't use for God's glory, go ahead and get you some nice new clothes that you wear out to try to make you look good, but you don't wear them faithfully to church and show up faithfully in church, and, and you find out that everything you have that you think was awesome, God will take it from you. You got to use what you have for God's glory. Think about the people in the Bible. Job was the richest man in the whole world during his time, and he was closer to God than anybody else. Abraham, richest man in the world in his time, he was closer to God than anybody else. David, richest man in the whole world in his time, he was closer to God than anybody else. His son Solomon comes along, the richest man ever, and he was closer to God than anybody else. Don't tell me that God just wants us to be broke. I've never met a father who wanted to see his obedient children broke. But I've never met a good father who wanted to spoil his disobedient children. Mm. Well... See, that's the problem. We, want, we just want a half step with God and expect God to hold step with us. Because I just don't know why God is not blessing me. Well, I do. Your, your blessings are limited. Your, your blessings are conditioned on your obedience. God's promises are conditional promises. If and then, if you do this, then he will do that. But she didn't get just enough. See, she did the obedience. She put in the time. She, 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 she did it by faith, and she put the work in, and she didn't get just enough. She got excess. And I want to tell you something. If you do what she did, you can have what she got. Amen. You can get not only enough in whatever. You, you, you need more faith. You, you, you start obeying God in every. Look up every verse that has to do with faith, and you start obeying those verses. You do it over a season of time. You, 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 put in, you do it with faith, believing that God's going to fix it, and you put the work in, and you watch. In your relationships, in your physical health, in your financial health, in, in, in your emotions, in, in your spirituality, this process will work if you work it. Not, not only did she get excess, uh, I, I want you to see that she only got as much as she was expecting. She got excess based on her obedience, time, faith, and work. But there was a limit even to her excess. She got what she was expecting. Why? Because our faith is according to your faith religion. You, you, how much are you believing God for? Well, I know God can fix other people. I've heard people say this to me, to my face. Well, I know God can fix other people, but I just think it's my lot in life to have to go through this. What kind of ignorant, low-thinking <laughs> foolishness have you accepted from somebody bad teaching you? If you call yourself a child of God, you need to realize that the father that you have is higher, bigger, better, stronger, and more able than anything on the cattle on a thousand hills, all the hills, wants to bless his children, and you need to expect stuff. You, you, you need to have big expectations from God. Listen, hey, now some of y'all, uh, I'm not going to mention my two children by name, but you, you know, be, expect an iPhone 10 if you want to. You better talk to Bill Gates about that. Uh, if you, your expectation should equal the one from whom you expect. Did you get that? Your expectation should equal the one. Now, here's the thing. I wish you'd have been here, Marcus, because, you know, your daddy's getting old. <laughs> and he was talking about his, his speed and his running. 
and he just started pointing out people in the room. He's like, I could outrun him. I could outrun him. I could outrun him. I want you to get to the place where you outrun that man and, and let, let him know. Because uh, if you can't, I'm not going to ask you to embarrass him right now. And uh, I got my money on you, though, man. Just know that. Uh, I, 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 got, I got my money on you. But here's the thing. If, now see, he says that he can outrun all these teenagers in this room, okay? I know you're laughing at him, but don't laugh too loud. Now, if you had to guess who was going to win uh, in a foot race between your dad and Uncle Ken. <laughs> now, that ain't to say he pointed to Uncle Ken. <laughs> now, that ain't to say Uncle Ken ain't spry, but Uncle Ken's our senior deacon. Okay? Deacon Cedric's our powerlifting deacon, okay? But you should expect that he should be able to do things based on what you know about him. Your level of expectancy shows how much you believe in the person you're expecting it from. Now, we just found out he don't believe much in his daddy's ability to run. But, and that's good because that works. With, with the message, because most people will claim, my God is an awesome God. Most people will claim, my God is the most high God. My God is the creator of heaven and earth. But then when they ask you, who, who can win in a foot race? Your, your God or Uncle Ken, they're like, do you really believe what you say you believe about God? The Bible says nothing's impossible for God. It goes further than that, and it says nothing is difficult for God. It, it don't take God no extra stress to bless you. It don't take God coming on extra hard work to bless you. Nothing's hard for God. And if, you're expect, if you realize the ability of the one from whom you're expecting, your expectation should go up. God, you know how you want to bless your children. What did Jesus say about blessing children? He said, if we being evil know how to give good things to our children, how much more so will our Heavenly Father give good things to His children? you got to up your expectation. Uh, she only got what she was expecting. The third thing I want you to see is the principles of God are not bound by time. See, God, God is, is not a respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And timing is something that we worry about. But hear me, God doesn't. How long? Oh, Lord, how long? When? when? It, it, it's, like, it's like the little kids going on a trip. Do we look like we're there? Yeah, we're here, right in the middle of this interstate, doing 70 miles an hour. This is right where we were going. Arrgh! We're here. Get out and set up a tent. We never set up a tent. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> we want to know when, 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 when. Are we there? Are we almost there? Are we almost there? When are we going to get there? How much longer? How much longer? How much longer? How much longer? God is not confined by time. Time means nothing on God's eternal table. But God keeps time to himself. God has a time. The Bible says if you keep doing the right thing long enough, when the time is right, you'll get your blessing. The thing is, who gets to decide when the time is right? You or God? 
God does. See, now, personally, I'd, I'd switch that. But God ain't asking me for my opinion. Okay? The Bible says God does what he wants to and take counsel from no one. Okay? He's not asking me for my advice. He decides when the time is right. We want it now. But God knows when the time is right. See, she didn't get what she... I guarantee you, I know people enough. I've been doing this for a long time. I, I've been in Elisha's spot. I've had lots of people come to me in desperation with, with, with real financial needs. and Her need was financial at that time to pay her creditor to keep her kids out of slavery. And she wanted the money then. She didn't want to be told... Uh, you got to put in some obedience. You got to put in some time. You got to put in some faith. You got to put in some work. She wanted it right then. But the bigger picture tells us that God knows what he's doing. And his time is right. See, when we get on the other side of our deliverance, then we can rejoice with, 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 with the songwriter who, who said he may not come when you want him to, but he's right on time. You see, we, we can only say that on the other side. Of our deliverance. Because when he's not coming when you want him to. You're like. He's late. What you waiting on? You see the need. What? You got to put in some obedience. You got to put in some time. You got to walk in faith. And you got to do the work. God is not bound by our time schedule. And she had to deal with that. This didn't happen. She didn't, she didn't go out there and get every pot, pan, jar, and vessel she could find from all her friends and all her neighbors in an instant. That took time. She, she didn't pour all that oil in, in an instant. That took time. She's pouring, filling up jars. They're moving them. Bring me another one. Fill it up. Moving them. Finally got no more. Now she got all this stuff. She don't know what to do with it. She goes back to the man of God, and he tells her, look, sell all that stuff. And you'll have enough to, to live on for the rest of your life and pay all your bills. It took more time than she wanted it to. But I want you to get this today. God knows what he's doing with your life. God knows what he's doing. You're, you're, there's a reason for the season that you're in. You just start putting your, this plan of action together. You take massive action in obedience. You put in massive action to however much time it takes. Listen, if you believe that it's going to work, you don't care how long it takes to get there. You believe in the process. That's the faith. And you work it until it works. The la last thing I want to tell you about this story is to believe big things from God and never run out of pots. Believe big things from a big God and never run out of pots. See, she got to a place where she ran out of pots. Do you remember the story? She told her sons, bring me another <coughs> vessel. They said, we don't have any more vessels. And then it shut off. The flow got cut based on how many pots that she gathered. Listen, if she would have had more expectations, she would have put forth more obedience. She would have given it more time. She would have believed in a bigger, bigger result, and she would have worked for a greater uh, outcome, and she would have ended up with more excess. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. If you give a little, you get a little. If you give a lot, you get a lot. That's not just talking about money. That's talking about everything. Get, get, give away friendship. You'll get friendship back. If you give a little, you'll get a little. If you give a lot, you'll get a lot. Get, give away peace and joy. Give away love and give away money. You reap what you sow and in accordance to how much 
you sow. Let me close with this. Come on, Jeff. What, what, what do you have in your life to give? Don't, don't, don't let your first answer be nothing. And if it is, think deeper. What do you have that, that, that you could go to work with God for? What do you have that you, you could say, okay, this, this, is, this is what I'm good at. This, this is what I like. This is what I enjoy. This, this is what I envision myself doing. I believe that one of the jobs uh, as the senior pastor and overseer of this ministry is for me to help identify the gifts in the body and provide a platform for them to do ministry. Come to me. Come to some of these ministry leaders. Come to some of these deacons, deacons and elders and uh, deacons wives and elders wives and let them know what, what, what you think that God can do with you. God, God put it in Deacon Mike and Kari's heart to, to start sharing love with more kids because they love kids so much. And they've been working loving on kids since they came here. So, 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 so they, 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 they've been working in that process. And then they ended up becoming foster parents. And then God brought them some children that they fell in love with and, 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 and put it in their heart to adopt them. But there were hundreds of hurdles. And we prayed for a long time. And there was court dates and this Brights wanted to get them, but then this family member wanted to get them, and they just kept doing. We, we're just, we're just gonna stay faithful. We're just gonna let God have His way. How much time it takes. We, we're just gonna do everything we can do on our end, and we're gonna walk in faith. And the uh, Kari brought the paperwork by to notarize the final uh, uh, adoption uh, of their two beautiful new children, and 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 now they're they they have a mommy and a daddy that loves them, and and they've got a whole great life in front of them. Y'all could have gave up at any point in that process. Man, I can remember praying for y'all and, and, and thinking, Lord, these are good people. Ain't nobody going to love these kids. This, this, this sister, this grandmother, this aunt, they're not going to love these kids. They're just going to give them back to the, to the parents that did them wrong. They, well, just give them these kids, God. But, but Mikey, they just stayed with it. They, 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 they made the appointments. They did what they were supposed to do. They put the time in. They put the obedience in. They put the work in. They put the faith in. And, and they got the blessing. Of, hey, hey, listen, and, and I love it. I, I, I love it so much because, you know, the Bible says that uh, God has a new name to give us all when we get to heaven. And, and uh, these, two new, these, these two children not only got, uh, uh, now they've been mom and daddy for a long time. Now, how, how long have you had them? 18 months. Uh, they've been mom and daddy for a long time. But now they, they got mom and daddy and, and, and a brand new name and, 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 and paperwork that connects them to a family that loves them. God wants to give you your dreams. Why won't you dream? What has happened so bad to you in your life that you gave up on your dream? Why did you let life beat your dream out of you? Pick it back up today. Pick your dream back up today. Pick your faith back up today. Pick your belief back up in God and dare to dream again. Dare to believe that God is able to do something extraordinary in you, not for you, in you, for Him. God wants to bless you, not for you, for Him. God wants to bless you so you'll brag on Him because God wants the world to know that He's great and greatly to be praised. 
Some of you need to get saved in a real way. What you have to give to God is your life. For real. Wholeheartedly. Some of you have tried to pray to get saved. It didn't work for you. Some of you walked aisles and went right back to living the same old kind of way and don't understand why. I'll tell you why. The Bible says that you'll find him when you search for him with your whole heart. It's not just an emotional walk down an aisle, pray with somebody. It's not just a raise your hand kind of thing. It's a, it's a desperation, a whole heart that says, God, I really want you and I really believe in you. And I really follow you all the days of my life. And I trust you to save me. If you haven't done that, do that today. You don't need anybody's help. God said he'll draw you, he'll lead you, and he'll save you. If you'll call on his name, he'll save you today. If you believe that's what's happening in your life, find somebody before you leave this place too. And tell them, I ask God to save me today. Ask God to save you and then tell somebody before you leave this place. You're never going to know what God can do with your life until you yield your life totally to him. Many of you are saved. Jane ain't living it. Half-stepping. Half-stepping with a whole step God. You be in the chicken and not the pig. You heard the story, chicken and the pig got together talking about how hard it was. to, uh, What a sacrifice it was to let Farmer Joe have a good breakfast. Chicken had to give, in, give up an egg so the farmer could have a good breakfast. The pig laughed. He said, you're not giving up much. I got to give up my life. See, too many Christians are the chicken and not the pig. Too many Christians think, well, I'll just give God a little bit. I'll just give God a little bit every now and then and expect everything from God in return. No, when you give everything is when you get everything. God didn't give a little for us. He gave the best that heaven had. He gave Jesus. He gave Jesus as a sacrifice to give his life for us. Jesus came to this earth and was rejected by the very human beings that he created. He was mocked. He was spat upon. He was beaten, stripped naked, and hung on a cruel cross to die in front of everybody who was watching. Had to, had, had to put our sin on him. The Bible says that the sin of all humankind hung on the body of Jesus Christ. And God had to turn his back on his son because his eyes were too pure to look at sin. And Jesus had to become sin for us so that we could have a real relationship with God. Because the Bible says that sin must be punished. The Bible says the punishment for sin is death. What did Jesus do on the cross? He died. The scripture says if you'll just put your faith in that. That you won't have to pay for your sins. That you can, you can accept the payment Jesus made for your sins. And you can have a real relationship with God. But once you get that, you should want everything that God has for you. You should want to have everything God has for you. One of the first things God told human beings was to be fruitful. To multiply and take dominion. God wants you to be fruitful. He wants your life to flourish. He wants you to multiply, and He wants you to dominate. Too many people are sitting back, not walking in the blessing of God, because they will not follow this simple outline. Obey what God tells you to do. Do it over a long length of time. Do it in faith and put the work in. And I promise you, God will meet your expectation. He will exceed your expectation. He will give you not only deliverance, but success. It doesn't matter what realm you need it in. Some of you have been waiting for a long time for God to fix your relationship. Some of you have been waiting for a long time for God to fix a physical issue. Some of you have been waiting a long time for different things to happen. In closing, let me tell you this. I know this experientially 
And I know it through the word of God. If you will do what God tells you to do, I promise you, immediately, one of two things will happen. I promise you this. Write it down. Hold me accountable to it. I promise you, if you will do exactly what God tells you to do over a period of time with faith and work, one of two things will happen immediately. Either God will give you the peace to continue to endure whatever trial you're going through, or God will change your situation. One of those two things will happen. But either way, you're going to be better off as a result for it. If anybody believes that, why don't you put your hands together and give God praise. Hallelujah. Let's obey God. Let's obey God. If you're here and you're not saved, ask God to save you. If you're here and you know you're saved, let's get busy. Get to work. Stop waiting on it to come to you and go get it. Stop working a job that you hate. Start putting, putting things in place. If, if you want to go back to school and get a degree, start working toward that. If, if you want to make something out of yourself, start working toward that. But stop sitting back waiting on deliverance to rain down on you when you need to put in the obedience, the time, the faith, and the work. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to alcfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.